Hi guys, I'm Matt Harris, host of the HMO Experience Property Podcast. And in this episode of the podcast, I'm going to be chatting with my co-host, Jamie Medill, about how you can use the 10 pillars of trust for your HMO property business. Now, if you're looking to create marketing collateral that actually works for your rent-to-rent HMO property business, and you're looking to target landlords and agents with that marketing collateral, then this is definitely the episode for you. In it, we're going to be discussing what the 10 pillars of trust are, how important your logo is, mission statement, story, including your team, track records and testimonials, your core offer, and contact details to include on your 10 pillars of trust. Now, um, at the end of this episode, make sure you head over to the HMO Experience website um, where you can download a number of free resources, including the 11 steps to building a successful HMO property business. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please make sure you hit the subscribe button. And as, as always, you'll be the first to know when a new episode drops. Now that the intro is done, let's head over to the episode. Hi, guys. I'm Matt Harris. Welcome to episode uh, 38 of the HMO Experience. Um, we are going to be talking about um, marketing for the next two or three episodes and um, positioning your HMO property business um, with good visibility and good marketing material. Um, before we jump into the details, let me introduce you to Jamie. Say hello, Jamie. Hi, guys. Good to have you here. Um, Steve is on literally season five of Seeds with Steve. Uh, so he's super busy with that. Um, he's on gardening leave. <laughs> he's on <laughs> <laughs> But not that gardening leave. We haven't sacked him. He's all right. <laughs> oh, priceless. Um, so he'll join us again in a few episodes' time once, you know, all the celebrity and the fanfare and Channel 4 trying to sign him up for a program has died down. Um, until then, um, Jamie and I, we're going to be running through um, a, um, a core, a fundamental um, document, I think, to have in your marketing armory. Mm. Um, it's called a 10 pillars document. Um, it wouldn't surprise you that it's got 10 sections to it, hence the 10 pillars. <laughs> um, we will run through um, each pillar in, in summary um, through this episode. Uh, and then give you a couple of examples. And then I think for the um, forthcoming uh, couple of episodes after this one, um, we're going to be um, honing in on how to use that document for uh, landlord marketing and then also how to use it for um, investor marketing. Um, so all that being said, Jamie, um, do you want to run down um, the sections of um, the Templars document, what we're going to have sure. a little chat about, and then we'll go from there. Yeah, absolutely. First of all, massive shout out to the inspiration behind this. The reason we got mm. this document and we learned about this was from an amazing guy called Kevin Whelan. Yeah. Kevin uh, has a very successful business. He's been in in uh, an investor, uh, but also in business and finance and money uh, for decades and decades. And his business is called Wealth Builders. Mm. And uh, uh, Kevin very kindly uh, came to us and uh, and showed us this concept. And it's a concept him and his team came up with. 
And all we've done is we've used that, we've learned from Kevin, and then we've adapted this for our own HMO property businesses. Mm. And that's what we're going to be talking about. And just to give you a quick bit of background about Kevin and why he came, came up with this concept initially. Kevin works uh, with pension fund companies. And the pension funds have millions upon millions of pounds to invest. Um, however, when looking to invest in certain individuals or companies or indeed property investors, they were looking to try and find some commonalities which gave them reassurance that they were the right types of people to do some proper research in the next level of research and maybe then invest their funds with. So that's how they came up with this in this in-house. So all we're going to do now is go through these 10 pillars. I'm going to give you a quick rundown as to what they are right now. And then as Matt said, we'll drill into each one of those. But the, the, the way that you can use the 10 pillars for your own business is it can give you massive credibility and trust and authority. And that is incredibly powerful when, uh, as Matt said, either looking to use this to market yourself as an individual or your business. It doesn't have to be in property, of course, or in mm. HMOs. It could be anything. But yeah. these 10 key things definitely will help you if you uh, embrace them. So what are they? I'm going to run through them very quickly, and then we're going to, Matt and I will discuss those in person uh, one by one. First thing is you need a logo. Number two, what's your mission statement for yourself or your company? Number three, what's your story? What's your background? Number four, four, uh, who have you got working with you in your team? Uh, five, what's your track record? Do you have any? Have you got any case studies? Six, what testimonials have you got? I, what do other people say about you? Seven, what's the touch points that you operate in within your business? Eight, what is your key offer in the most, or core offer, in the most component, simplest parts? Nine, is there any compliance or legals that you are part of or you need to be aware of? And 10, how can people get in contact with you? So those 10 key things, it's not a case of like a menu, pick the ones that you like. Mm. It's a case of using all of those in all of your marketing materials, whether that's digital, online, uh, whether it is uh, printed materials or anything at all, websites, etc. cetera. Uh, and then that will, those 10 pillars together, will give you huge amounts of credibility, authority, and trust when looking to either work with other people, raise funds, et cetera. So that's it in a nutshell. Yeah, for sure. Cool. So look, um, I think running down um, the first of the templates is um, your logo. Um, yeah. Now, um, we have a very basic logo in our business, um, nothing too flashy um, or complicated. Um, but it is kind of um, important, obviously, from um, a brand perspective to have um, a recognizable logo, I guess. Um, and it will serve you to invest a little bit of money. Um, it doesn't have to be massive amounts, but to get a, um, to get a logo designed uh, for your business, um, because it's something that you're going to be using um, on quite a lot of documentation, whether it's online or offline, going forward for the foreseeable future, right? So you kind yeah. of want to get it right first time around. Um, so yeah, so um, we work uh, with um, a great design team, um, Oliver Property Branding, um, helps with logos and a bunch of other stuff. Um, and it is, um, yeah, super useful to speak with someone. Once you've got the, uh, the foundation set up, you know, the, your business is ready to roll, to speak with someone to help design um, your logo so that you can, you know, have effective um, and impactful marketing going forward. Um, 
for you guys, Jamie, how, what was your experience with devising and coming up with logos for your, for your business? Well, as you can probably imagine, Steve and I are not the most creative people out there in the world. <laughs> and we're definitely not graphic designers. So mm. yeah, definitely recommend uh, chatting to somebody like Oliver. Again, we've used Oliver. Obviously, full disclaimer, uh, with the HMO Experience uh, yeah. podcast, um, you can probably see behind us, hopefully, for those of you watching this on YouTube, uh, it, it's all designed by, um, by Oliver and his team. So all this stuff is, is, is all part, part of this. So yeah, having something to help you stand out uh, and to bring everything together on brand and logo is key. The second side, I fully agree with that. And again, you can do it yourself, uh, but if you're pretty incompetent when it comes to graphic design like I am, uh, get somebody else who knows what they're doing to do it. It doesn't have to cost a lot of money. No, um, not at all. The second key thing, Matt, of course, is mission statement. So mm. tell me about that from your perspective. What, what, why you think a mission statement is important and what is it? Yeah, mission statement is... Um, is um, around really the core values of your um, business and mm. what you stand for. Um, so our uh, mission statement at my Renko uh, London is um, quality care uh, value. Um, and pretty much our marketing message kind of stems from, from those three core values, right? Um, so it is important just, you know, you don't have to have a, a massive um, uh manifesto setting out your mission statement but you do kind of want to have sort of two or three core elements to it which yeah. will you know remain consistent throughout all of your um, marketing messages and it's you know it's a nice way to start um start the uh, an introduction to your business because people know what you stand for then they can start building um a relationship with you if they have similar values right um, yeah. And then, you know, you will start targeting and marketing to people who do have or your marketing will resonate with people who have similar values. And that will like immediately overcome uh, a, a hurdle when it comes to communication and, and building a relationship. Um, what do you think, Jamie? Yeah, again, I completely agree. It's <laughs> about what is what is it? This that's uh, special about you? How are you different as a, either an individual or a business? Um, how can you differentiate yourselves? And those core values are unique to you. Uh, and it's how you interpret them and therefore the service that you offer or the business that your service offers. Um, when I used to work in corporate life, they used to have these really highfalutin, you know, <laughs> we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna be the best in the world. I'm like, yeah, of course you can use that stuff. But if you're a multinational company, that's much more aspirational and maybe sometimes a bit more believable than yeah. you know, if you are um, you, you want to buy your first HMO or have your first rent-to-rent operation in whatever the town or city is. Uh, we're going to be the best rooms in the world. So again, <laughs> make, it, you know, make it real. Uh, talk about, as Matt said, your core values. Make it personal to you because, again, as you said, this is all about building trust and credibility and building rapport. So yeah. if those values are going to um, they're truly yours and they're not just something you're putting in from a marketing point of view, but they really do stand for who you are and how you want your business to operate. Um, and they will resonate with certain people. They will attract certain people who share those values and they probably won't attract or detract away from people who don't share. And that's cool. You can't do your service. You can't market and appeal to everybody. Yeah. It's about bringing people towards you who share similar values and want the service offering, which we'll come into later, um, and, and this is your, your, you know, an important step to help you do that. So yeah, fully agree. Mission statement vital. 
don't spend too much time over it, mm-hmm. you will instinctively know what your core values are. Yeah, for sure. So the next um, point three is, um, is your story or a story, mm. the story, story, the business. Um, Once upon a time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I should have started with that. Um, now the story, um, uh, as well is, um, quite important because, um, you know, it gives context as to why you started the business. Like what led you to this point? What led you to, you know, starting your HMO property business or whatever business, you know, if, if it's, um, uh, for a different business, but again, it just enables people who um, read your marketing material, your website, whatever the case may be, to associate with certain elements within your story, right? And it, and again, it's just like it is part of the relationship building and starting to build a, a picture of trust uh, or framework of trust because if people understand, you know, what you're about, what your background is, um, then they're more likely to, um, uh, to resonate with you, not just yeah. you as a person, but you as a business. Yeah. Um, I guess, um, you know, we all have individual stories. Um, you know, not every story is going to be the same. Uh, and that's what makes us all um, unique and our, and our business proposition unique as well. Yeah, we might all have, in the context of things, the same HMO property business, but actually we'll do things intrinsically a little you know we all have our little nuances towards it which is will attract it which will be attracted to some people and not to others um with regards to your story um jamie yours and steve's like i guess it is um uh it's quite varied obviously coming from big corporate to not so big in terms of like scale and size um and i guess that 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 was an important element of um of your stories, right? Yeah, absolutely. Because as you say, um, everything I believe, everything in in property is uh, about people. Mm. And uh, you might think, do I really need to put my information down about what I've done Mm. before or whatever? It is really important because people are going to be buying into you. You want your marketing to show a personality and the personality is you. You Whether you're a one-man band or a bigger company, it doesn't matter. It's the people that are involved in that business that's key. And if you can make this real, personable uh, and therefore share a bit about your story again it's a really important component to this this whole premise which is how to stand out and attract people who want to work with you so um one of the key things i think uh, people ask us this question all the time i've never done hmos before i am not a property investor yet i want to be i want to have a rent hmo business but i've never done it yet what do i do Mm. in those scenarios i definitely recommend tell people through the 10 pillars framework a bit more about you because we've all got experience from elsewhere. You mm. might be uh, younger or older. Uh, you might have had a thousand jobs or one job, but there are components in some of your personal or life or business prior experience, which you can bring out and then put into your story. It doesn't need to be war and peace. It's no. literally in the context of this, no. uh, a little snippet just to tell them a bit more about you. So with me, I talk about my previous um, you know, business experience, uh, not because, um, uh, not, well, not for any reason apart from just to share, share that I wasn't always in property. 
And I was someone who wanted to get into property but had no prior experience. Mm. But having learned what to do and then implemented it, got some track records and experience, that's my, a bit of my journey. Some people will go, well, if you haven't been investing in property for 50 years, I'm not interested. And that's cool. But others will go, I quite like where you've come from and how you've done it because I'm in that scenario too. I'd like to work with people like you. You've mm. got some uh, commonalities, shared interests, uh, shared experiences potentially. And that goes into your story. Because as you say, Matt, it's about, um, it's about your personality coming through and trying to find out reasons why people want to find out more about you and why they want to work with you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And storytelling is, um, has been a lot more um, popular, I guess, over the last sort of, I don't know, five or 10 years in the marketing context to yeah. make things more personable and more relatable, right? Which is why, you know, this is, although it's not, it doesn't necessarily have to be a big section. It is, as with all the other bits, it's an important section within the material because, you know, it just enables connection, right? Which is what you kind of want. Yeah. Um, the next section, Jamie, is um, is um, your team. Uh, so do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so uh, absolutely, yeah. So team is absolutely vital. So your team are literally the people, all the companies, whether they're employed or simply contractors or partners uh, or people you work with to help and run your business. The reason why team is important is that people necess don't necessarily want to work with one man, one woman bands. Mm. They want to know that if they're going to business or providing or, or buying a service from you, for example, that Matt, when you've got a property in North London and they want to go to Matt's company because he does rent or HMO, they want to know it's not just Matt. They want to know it's not just Matt because they want reassurance that it's a bigger company or organization. There are systems in place already. There are people to do various roles. That gives them huge reassurance. It also gives Matt and his company credibility. So Matt, for example, shares who's in his team in the same way that we do in our businesses and, and everyone else we recommend who uses this 10-pillar principle. Because everyone does different roles within your business, mm. within any business. Um, everyone has different skill sets. And it's about bringing those skill sets out. Now, Matt, um, we quite often get asked, well, I'm just starting out, I haven't got a team yeah, yet. Um, yeah. Who do I put in there? So have you got any tips for people about if that's them, if they're watching this episode or listening to this podcast, uh, what they would do in that scenario? Yeah, I am. Um, so <clears throat> I think it will be, you kind of have to... Um, let me start this properly. When I um, when I um, sorted out our um, marketing document, I was just pretty much a, a one man band. Um, however, um, there were some service providers that we were working with, right? So we had a cleaning company, um, had some property maintenance contacts, um, uh, and you know it was utilizing those sorts of connections as part of the team because yeah. they're going to be providing you know a, um, a uh, an operational element of running your HMO property um, so they were included in our marketing material as, as part of the team and um, it doesn't necessarily have to be individuals you know people always think oh no I need to you know name such and such and this person and that person um, you know we work um, there is a lot of um, remote working and contracting mm. out right now. So, you know, there's nothing to stop you from 
Um, if you know that you're going to have or you have an existing or an ongoing relationship with a service provider, you know, provided you get their consent, like ask them, say, look, I'm going to do this marketing material. You are part of the team. Are you happy for, for your name to be included? It's a little bit of a fillet for them as well because it's free marketing. Um, uh, you know, I would go down that route. The other thing um, which um, you can probably expand on a little bit more, but, you know, if you're part of um, a network or um, a mastermind or um, like a, a training um, course, then there is opportunity, provided you get consent, um, for you to, you know, leverage people's um, uh, experience who are further down the line from you yeah. um, and have them included as part of your team because ultimately you're getting trained, you're getting mentored, you're getting progressed um, by them or with them. So inevitably they do form part of, although not necessarily your operational team, you know, they form part of your support team because, you know, without yes. them, then you may not necessarily be as far down the line as, as you could be. Um, or, you know, they're giving you hints, tips and directions and steering you the right sort of way. So that's, I think, another angle um, for people to pursue. What do you think, Jamie? I absolutely agree. Again, it's about giving massive credibility to you and your business. You've thought about mm. people who can actually do some of the tasks uh, in advance. And therefore, all you're doing is showing people watching or looking at your, your marketing materials or your website or whatever that you've got people in place to help do some of those key tasks. Mm. So as you're absolutely right, Matt, it could be a company, it could be a cleaning business that you haven't worked with yet, but you want to work with in the future. Uh, if you're looking to go and buy a property and then manage it as an HMO, it could be a building firm or a project mm. management firm or an architect or an accountant. Mm. There could be all sorts of people that you might not necessarily be working with right now, but you want to, and you've had those initial conversations. Uh, as you said, it could be individuals or it could be companies. And as you said, I think it's a great thing to say, uh, if you are learning or being mentored or being trained by people with more experience, then again, with their permission, why not use that? It doesn't matter who they are. Because yeah. again, think about this as a marketing um, piece of material. Someone reading that will hopefully have, again, a lot more reassurance when you put things like that in place because they know that you're a serious person. You're investing in your education, in your knowledge, mm. in your training, and your business. And they would be much more likely to... If they if they want to if they want to get reassurance that way, they'll be much more likely to come to you and have a further conversation, a meeting, or potentially do business with you than if you didn't have that information in under team. Yeah, for sure. No, that's good. Um, so the next uh, pillar is um, track record. Yeah. Um, what do you so we so we use case studies, track record. I guess previous mm. examples of of your um, work. Um, what do you guys put in what do you ha guys have in your section uh, of the of your brochure for for this jamie okay so i think th uh, this is the the fifth pillar track record yes but it also links with uh, pillar six which is testimonials so do you mind if i talk about them both at the same yeah, time yeah good shout cool thank you so um i don't know about uh, but uh, you when, when i uh, had what my uh, my parents called a proper job yeah. Um, and my mum was proud of me then, uh, rather than being <laughs> self-employed. Uh, <laughs> um, that's another story. Uh, but when I had a proper job, uh, I used to use LinkedIn. And LinkedIn had a, a great social media platform that shared with you, you asked for on this platform, um, testimonials and case studies, which helped build up your track record from people looking at your profile in a business setting on LinkedIn. 
Mm. So I'll have previous clients or advertising agencies in my example or, or marketing directors or whoever or even you know uh, people I've worked with in the company say hopefully nice things about me so I'd borrow that track record um, when I was just starting my property business because I hadn't got any track record mm. in property at that stage I hadn't had any client testimonials at all which are two key pillars for this exercise this marketing um, material uh, framework so I'd borrow what I got from my previous experience. So for example, if someone said, uh, Jamie is a nice bloke, we like him, we've worked with him for years. It doesn't matter where the context of that is necessarily. It's just, again, building credibility and a bit of um, uh, authority that other people thought I was pretty good at what I did at that stage, whatever it might have been in. Yeah. So I'd borrow it from elsewhere. So if you haven't got any yet, any track record in properties and HMOs, in rental HMOs, for example, then why not do a couple of things? Why not either uh, have any, if you're, if you're proud of the house you live in, the flat house, whatever, why not use that as an example of a property mm. that you've done up? Mm-hmm. You, know, you, could, you couldn't be very proud of the house you're in. Have a yeah, couple of photographs there saying that this is what I've already got. Or why not have, uh, some examples of properties you would like to have in the future. Mm. I'm not saying claim they're yours. I'm saying on the under track record, the fifth pillar, want to have some photographs of some designs you like of really good rooms, for example, that you would like to borrow or use or be inspired by mm. with your next HMO property. Whether yeah. you want to buy them, or of course, do rent to rent. And just make it clear, this is the type I'm having in my next properties or something like that you know yeah, a disclaimer sure. but something there that says again this is what you stand for likewise with testimonials I've, I've mentioned that already uh, you might have a couple of uh, existing contractors or businesses you're working with ask them for what do you think about me and how I work or would you recommend me to somebody else again get their testimonials which is pillar number six I'm sorry I'm jumping on but pillar number six get them to give you some quotes and again put it into your marketing materials with their permission yeah, what, for sure. What, what do you think about that, Matt? Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Um, uh, especially if you're um, starting out, um, just to use concepts and ideas um, for, you know, case studies. For sure, have a disclaimer on there. Like, be very clear about that. Um, and for, um, and, you know, you undoubtedly would have had a track record, as Jamie said, doing something prior to starting your property journey. So, Leverage that experience as well. There are going to be, um, there are going to be, um, uh, you know, skills that you've learned from your previous life or your current employment um, that are going to be transferable to HMO property um, business. So you know, utilize, list those, like have those as as examples. You know, in this example, I use these skills, which will transfer to you know running a property like this. Um, and you know, as Jamie said, like previous testimonials, recommendations, all that kind of thing from, you know, your previous business or working life, use those, especially when you're started, because once you've got that first property, that will encapsulate everything, right? You will then have your first case study, which you can utilize going forward. Um, but until then you do need to leverage, I would say, and Jamie has said this a couple of times. Just be clear, make sure that you have, you know, a disclaimer or clarification as to what the actual, um, the case study or the testimonial refers to if it's not property specific. Um, And even then, by just being open and honest with people, like, 
they will appreciate the fact that you're um, you're being transparent, um, uh, and they will be a bit more understanding as well. And yeah. they should hopefully get to see, oh yeah, you do have these transferable skills, and you know I can see what you're looking to achieve, and that's you know that's going to be beneficial to you going forward. Um, so I know it's good good to um, wrap those two um, elements up into one because they are very much um, uh, conjoined um, and testimonials are <clears throat> uh, i don't know what what sort of process do you guys use for getting testimonials do you reach out to landlords or to um you know people you work with quite often and say look mm. would you mind just giving us you know a two or three line bit of feedback yeah, yeah absolutely so I, I i normally ask for um okay so i'm going to talk about testimonials for both our rent rent hmo business mm. but also testimonials for um our raising finance business because mm. not business but for us to go and buy more properties mm. we're using other people's money and therefore we're looking for investors and we'll, we'll go into this a bit more detail in in a couple of episodes time of the hmo experience podcast but mm. using those two examples when it's my renter and hmo business in uh, bedford for example mm. we're asking for testimonials or feedback almost from three main people the first one is tenants Mm. which customers who rent out our rooms have been happy with what we do and are happy to say nice things about us. Mm-hmm. And that might be on a WhatsApp message or on an email, just one line saying you're a great landlord for it, mm. or, you well, or we love living here. That is quite cool. Mm. The second thing we do is we ask for some sort of feedback also, a similar sort of basis from any letting agents we work with. And we work with an amazing woman called Jane. We've been working with her since 2015, I think it was. Uh, we still do to this day. And she's provided loads of uh, properties for us that we manage for her. So again, we've got a letting agent saying, Jamie and Steve are great. We like working with, th- with them, which is cool. Gives us mm. credibility. And the third option then, of course, is landlords. When we've actually managed landlords' properties, we've been able to uh, get feedback from them. And we use that in our marketing material. Same way from on the investor side of things. Uh, if you've gone to an investor and say, can you say something about your experience of working with us and you know, we paid you money back, et cetera, et cetera, and they say some nice stuff, in that context for that marketing, again, it's, it just gives you credibility. Yeah, no, that's cool. Nice. Well, that's uh, track record and testimonials wrapped up. I think the next step um, in the 10 pillars is uh, touch points. Um, mm. Now, um, my understanding of touch points is um, that it involves the steps from um, uh, from not necessarily well not having a relationship to um, to having a relationship or an arrangement in place. So from a rent to rent perspective, to put it into context, so we have um, really sort of five steps that go from uh, you know having uh, looked at the property to entering into uh, negotiations about the rental signing an agreement, picking up the keys, getting the property set up, uh, and then um, filling it with housemates. Those are kind of the five steps, essentially, that um, we go along. So they, they are what we would term as our um, touch points. Makes it very simple. Obviously, there's, there's a lot more detail involved than just that. Um, but as a very simplistic sort of overview, um, it kind of gives um, the reader a rudimentary understanding as to what is involved in order to start a relationship with your business. Um, what would you say in terms of, in context of your business, um, Jamie, the, the touch points are, or whether I've 
like clarified that enough or explained yeah, it? I think that's fine. Again, keep it simple. Uh, yeah. People want to have clarity from anything they look at from you from a marketing point of view. So if you can clearly say, what are the, what are the three, five, six, seven steps, whatever they might be about how you operate, again, that's key. Again, it's, 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 as Matt said, it's, it's uh, helping people see uh, visually, uh, looking at the marketing materials or on your website or whatever it might be, visually seeing what the process is to become a client. Mm. Yeah, cool. Nice. And then that leads us on to, um, I think it's step number eight, core offer. Um, so do you want to have a little chat about core offer, Jamie? Do you want to give us, because I know you guys obviously rent to rent and buying properties, so your core offer sort of changes depending on who you're targeting, right? Yeah, absolutely. So the core offer, again, is in essence, what is your service offering? Mm. We talked about mission statement right at the beginning, yeah. uh, and this is a, an opportunity in your core offer to expand on that a bit more. So with the rent rent HMO point of view, I'm looking for new properties from uh, letting agents and landlords. So my core offer in this example is talking about um, what the, the sort of benefits that we offer to people who want to work with us in that capacity. So what do they gain? What benefits do they get from working with us and how can we help them? Uh, so we talk about obviously guaranteed rent and all those sorts of good things. That's where your core offer comes into play. Mm. If I then did the flip and look at the investor side of things for those properties, uh, sorry, those people I want to work with to uh, raise finance to go and buy uh, properties ourselves uh, to convert to HMO. Again, I talk about some of the key things our core offer there. You know, we're providing superior returns, giving security, et cetera, et cetera. That also goes into the core offer. So again, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be, um, I wouldn't overly complicate this. It's mm. just um, a talking point almost to say, this is how you operate and these are the benefits that we can help you with. That's it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. That then leads us on to compliance, um, which um, in terms of um, your HMO property business, you know, we'll cover probably four or five um, areas. Um, so uh, in our business, obviously we've got data protection, so um, registration with the ICO. Um, uh, we have um, HMO licensing, um, also um, registering with the a property regest scheme, so um, uh, the property ombudsman or um, or was it the PRS property redress scheme? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Lovely. Yeah, that's it. Um, We've got, you know, membership to um, a landlord association. So we're mm -hmm. um, part of the NRLA. Uh, and I can't remember what the fifth one is. So I'm just going to refer to my notes. <laughs> oh, yeah, we have. Um, we're also um, in London. We're part of uh, an accreditation scheme. So the London Landlords Association. Um, so that just <clears throat> adds another layer of credibility and get, gives us um, some discounts when we apply for licensing and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but those are um, the core sort of compliance bits in our um, business. Um, do you guys have any additional uh, not accreditation for our or certification? Yeah, not for our rent-to-rent rent -rent, uh, HMO service, no. But obviously from a, from a buying point of view, mm. uh, if we're looking to raise money, there are some additional steps that we add, such as anti-money laundering, et cetera. So mm. again, think about what this does. Uh, the, the 10 Pillars of Trust is about how to build uh, your reputation as a professional business, to be um, reliable, uh, professional, and trustworthy. Yeah. And again, the compliance bit any people. If you're in a regulated market, or if uh, you need to be, or it's recommended you're, you're part of certain schemes, 
uh, again, have the, your membership details in there because, again, it just gives you massive credibility. And also it sets you apart because most people, and let's talk about rental and HMO for a minute, uh, most people don't do this stuff, don't know about this stuff, mm. uh, and they're, they're typically the ones who are you know, running pretty dodgy operations. And that's not going to give anybody reading that marketing, marketing material any reassurance that they're a good company to work with. Whereas you can, again, differentiate yourself by saying, and here is all the things you, you know you, I'll be, you'd be looking for uh, with, a, with a trustworthy business partner. So, yeah, that was that cool. bit. Nice. And then the last bit, the last bit is how to get in contact, which oh, I think is yeah. really self-explanatory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Telephone, email, social media, eh, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, definitely have your contact details on there. Um, super important. Obviously, you want people to get in touch. So make sure they know how to get in touch with you. Uh, I don't think we need to say we want back. No, <laughs> that's it. That's it. As I said, you know, uh, all these things, right, right at the outset of this episode, all of this stuff is um, uh, working together. It, it's just uh, an amazing framework that Kevin William came up with that we've just adapted for our own property mm. and HMO businesses. Um, and, I th- and it works. It absolutely works. We've got so many examples where we have individually, but also people we've taught and trained and mentored, uh, have used these same 10 pillars in their own marketing materials. And they've got deals. They've got deals from new landlords or from new letting agents or indeed bought property or raised finance. There's yeah. an amazing woman uh, who uh, we're good friends with, we work with very closely, who had very little uh, self-confidence by her own admission when it comes to track record and credibility. And uh, we're recording, I won't tell you one more, I'll say well. We're recording this episode in April. I was going to say Christmas, it doesn't really matter which Christmas period, but anyway, <laughs> at Christmas uh, this year, um, she raised half a million pounds. Mm. Having never raised money beforehand, she used this exact 10 pillar framework to create a marketing brochure uh, using some of her previous track record and some of the tips, tips and hints that we've shared with you today, but also packaging it up in a certain way, where she let the marketing material speak on her behalf. Mm. She then showed a whole bunch of people over the Christmas holidays. She raised half a million pounds of finance, other people's money she's going to use to go and invest in more property. Mm. This stuff works. So if you yeah, want to work. build self-belief and credibility in yourself, I would go through this process, adapt it for your own business, whether it is property or HMOs or anything else, yeah. uh, because it really does give you a, such a simple framework to follow that gives you that belief and confidence that you can do this stuff and yeah. let this marketing brochure or website information, wherever you put it, help promote you, attract more business for you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We'll, we'll use those comments as... Jamie's last comments. <laughs> I really wanted oh, no. to jump in and be like, wait, hold Sorry. on, hold on, can we have this as Jamie? Oh, no. no, no, it's fine, it's done, it's fine, it's going. It's fine, we're done. Um, but look, guys, um, we've gone through um, the 10 sections in the Templars document. What we're going to do um, as, a, as a useful guide, we're going to leave a one-page resource in um, the show notes, which you can download from the website. Uh, which will give you a little bit of a steer, a bit of guidance if you want to um, design or come up with your own brochure for your own business. Um, so hopefully that will help. Um, in the meantime, uh, the, the next two episodes are going to be um, talking about how using um, this Templars document has helped with um, marketing to landlords. So that's the next episode coming up. And then to investors, which is the episode afterwards. 
Um, oh. So if you want to know specifically how um, you can um, tailor um, these, uh, this ten pillars document to, to um, focus on a particular area of um, target audience, then make sure you tune in. For now, we are going to call it a day. Thank you very much for tuning in. Um, don't forget to head over to um, the HMO Experience Facebook page, press like, head over to um, the YouTube channel, the HMO Experience, press subscribe, and get um, notifications for when these weekly episodes are available to watch. Um, if you're listening on a new device, you're a new listener, welcome. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure you hit the subscribe button, whether it's Apple, Spotify, Google, Podcasts, Breaker, or the whatever it is, whichever ones, just press subscribe because we're coming at you Mondays, every Monday, um, new episodes. Uh, I think that's it. Oh, the Property and HMO Forum. If you want to carry on the conversation, head over to Facebook, type in the Property and HMO Forum, hosted by the HMO Experience. Come and join the conversation. Um, ask your questions. Get questions answered. We're here to help. Um, that is all for now. I am going to say goodbye from me, and Jamie is going to say... What's Jamie going to say? Bye for me. Hey. See you next time. <laughs> we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.